One of the most exciting podcasts we've ever done. Is it? Yeah, it is. Is it? It is. Okay, it is. Nice. All, right, all right. So all of our, like all of our favorite people, the Lo-Fi family, we have the most exciting news. The most exciting news. We are the champions today. What an amazing Valentine's Day gift. Uh, we are joining the Ship It Studios podcast network where fandom starts here. Boy, let me tell you how excited I am about this. I want to hear, JT. Are, are, you a, are you a little excited? I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty, like, I'm lit up about it. Like, I'm actually really pumped. No, I can see it. Like, I, I can see it in the Zoom. <laughs> so, basically, here's a short story, uh, boys and girls. Nothing's going to change. We're still us. Podcast stays the same. The one thing we might have you do is we, we might do some feed jockeying, which none of you care about in the least, but you might have to follow us somewhere else eventually. But for the most part, everything stays the same. Hold on, JT. Uh, the next 13 seconds are brought to you by Coca-Cola. <laughs> They're not, but they could be Coca-Cola's. Uh, so, yeah, nothing's going to change. We're super excited. These guys reached out to us. They have a really cool network of a, of a bunch of amazing podcasts, people who do things like we do. They do a lot of stuff about, like, movies and, like, decades and, like, sports. And just it's, it's fun. It's a really, really neat group of collaborators. It's a bunch of cool creators. It's that fun moment where, like, when geeks collide. Right. You know? And they're different kind of geeks. Like I'm, you're a very traditional geek, but we got sports geeks, we got movie geeks, we got lifestyle geeks. A lot, of, a lot of people who are geeky about their things. Yeah, just a, like. a bunch of like really focused individuals on really random topics, talking to their friends about it. That's basically what we are. <laughs> yeah, I think that just defined podcasting. <laughs> I think I just, did. Just some people have many, many more friends than we do. Right. But what's exciting and, and part of the reason that we're so stoked about this is because we have grown a lot as a podcast and we've grown with you guys as an audience and our audience has gotten bigger and, and we don't focus on that because it's not why we do it and it will never be why we do it. But it is neat to get more people involved because we love hearing from you and we love getting a bigger following. And like, listen, if the world goes, I don't know, I don't want to say go back to normal. If the world just d does whatever it's going to do, like someday we'd love to like do these live with you guys and like mess around sure. and just have fun. So being a part of Ship It Studios is going to be a big part of that. And so we are so grateful to these guys in a very weird, serendipitous way. Like the founders are like from my hometown, which we did not know like moving into this at all. Yeah, I, I got to say that first call and like th these guys are starting to geek out about Albany and, and upstate New York or midstate New York or wherever. And I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, I'm just I'm just going to go sit over here for a little while. But uh, the the. The love was in the air on that call, so to speak. Would That's you say, right. JT? I, I would say. And listen, we have nothing but love for the uppest state of New York, Montreal, where you're from. So uh, with that being said, uh, we do want to get I don't want this to be a total love fest, but we are very excited about this. We will keep you informed. Like I said, we might have you follow us somewhere else, but everything else is going to stay the same. Content's the same. It's just you boys doing what we do. And today, what we're doing is the best dates in movies are 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 we because I don't, I don't know you got to tell me because i have a feeling that's not what you're doing <laughs> so 
I, I, you know, I'm sort of, so look, one of my favorite shows and many people's favorite shows has a reference that, you know, they, they'll say the phrase timey-wimey, which you may or may not know. It's sort of a Doctor Who, David Tennant kind of thing. So for me, this episode is sort of a daity weighty kind of thing. That's the way I was thinking about it. So some of this is the best dates in movies. Some of this is the worst dates in movies. Some might not even technically be dating and be more like a interesting courtship. So I, I, I got to say, like I was going through my list and, and in my head, I had this, you know, one of my favorite words, I had this semi rubric that was sort of like, it's not about a pre-existing couple going like having a night, having a night out. And it's mostly, I want to avoid like a traditional rom-com where the entire movie is really just person A and person B coming together. Unless the plot of that rom-com was a lot about dating. Right. So, you know, there's no, there's not a lot of JLo's and Catherine Heigl kind of rom-coms, but there are some that sort of make my way in. And, I really can't explain how this list came together for me, JT, other than it really did in a fun way. Like I was able to go through my kind of Rolodex of movies and be like, yes, yes, no, 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 no. Yes. Oh, that thing. And I have some fun interpretations of stuff. So that's sort of how I approached it. So yeah, it's about dates. All right. Yeah. I, I basically rattled off like 10 or 11 pretty quick and then had to spend a day or two thinking about it and then spent the next three days thinking of like absurd things where I'm like, that doesn't count. I'm using it. Uh, and that's basically where I ended up. But like I did definitely land and I tried really hard to pick a basically a scene. Like I was trying to go scene stalking right. where I was like, where, where is regardless of what the movie's about? Like, is there a period of time in the film where they are doing something that I would classify as a date that is really interesting or really weird or just the best right in whatever form that decided to take. And I actually wound up feeling pretty good about all of it. It gets a little dicey after 10, like it started to get pretty <laughs> like, man, I'm kind of reaching here. Or there was some where I was like, Oh, that's definitely a date. And also meh, like who cares? It's fine. It's kind of been like a thing, a trope, if you will, that's just been used forever and ever. Cause there's definitely some stuff that started back then that now has just become a thing. And by back then being, I mean, whenever, I I don't know. I didn't preface that at all, but you get it. Long time ago. Oh, way, way back. And so uh, new to the show, folks, we go back and forth each week. So someone leads the other one. You know, we, we sort of play this little backs and forthies. We always start our, our little list with what we call the Shawshank, a very special entry. It dates back to our first episode. And to shortcut, it's basically when we think there's the best of a thing and sort of actually don't want to talk about it because we just revere it as the best of a thing. So, JT, this is your week to lead. Do you have a Shawshank? So, for those of you new to the podcast, we also break our rules a lot. Uh, I do have a Shawshank, and it's none of the things you just said. It's just a movie that I think I kind of want to get out of the way for my generation. Is there any chance that movie is 50 First Dates? Oh, yeah, of course it is. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> also, generationally, uh, JT represents the, the the millennials, what what we were going to call Gen Yers until that whole millennium thing came along. And I'll uh, I'll represent. I think they, I think I'm a trailing Gen Xer. I think that's because because now that that's how you know you're in this whatever the Zoomers or whatever. Now we can't just label ourselves with one thing. We can't just be a Gen X. You got to be a late stage Gen X or a mid Gen X or a yeah. Well, it's too big a gap. We got to like really kind of hone you in on what you are. 
Yeah, can't have and can't be unlabeled in uh, no. 2022. Big Many fan labels. of labels. Big fan Many of labels. Many labels. <laughs> Many labels. All right, let's do our top five. JT. No Shawshank for you then. No Shawshank. No, no, no. I I had a couple, and you know, I know the other the other truth for my list making this week. I I sort of took a cue out of the last two episodes where I realized like I want to hone in. I'm going to start avoiding the word best a little bit more and start leaning a bit more into the ones I really want to talk about. Yeah. So this is sort of my get out of jail free card because I often know that I didn't pick the best of a thing, nor even necessarily my own perspective on the best of a thing. And I want to shift that thinking for myself, at least, into these will be fun to chat about with my buddy JT uh, on, on our podcast today. That's really good to hear because I think I've been doing that since we started. So. <laughs> You know, I think I have two, but now, you know, there was a couple of times where I, I sort of skipped talking about things that I knew I wanted to talk about. So now these are the ones I want to talk about. Well, I think it's interesting because you actually, and for good reason, are more, I think you're, you're, you're more of a movie fan than I am. Like you appreciate it and understand it a lot more than I do. And so for you, like saying best actually carries some weight because you're like, you're actually a cinephile. Like you really, really know and appreciate this stuff. I don't. So for me, it's always been easier to be like, that's probably a better movie. I don't care. I want to talk about this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was JT being polite for anal. No. I'm a little anal about things. No. It's okay. It's a little. No, little, that's not what little. I meant. No. Mel, you do, you do have a lot of spreadsheets. Anyway, my turn, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so leaning all the way into my millennial uh, this one I've talked about it before, but it's worth bringing up. It needs to be for here. March 31st, 1999. I'll give you Allison Janey and Daryl Mitchell. Mm, I love CJ Craig, but I don't know who Mr. Mitchell is. Yeah, it's tough. So the five words, and you'll orient quickly. I tried to give you five words that describe the date. Ah. The actual date. So taking a shot at love taking a shot at love so maybe something with guns yeah 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 something with shooting and love in 1999 with allison janney in it so it's pre-west wing allison man i don't even recall her in so this is this like baby allison janney no she wasn't i mean she was babier but was west wing not until the 2000s I think so. Oh, we're gonna someone will fact check that. I, I, yeah. I, I picture to me West Wing is like a 2002 to 2007 kind of show. If I were to pick five years, I Other feel like it was earlier. Than, oh, it started in 1999, so it's actually ah. it's same, same. Okay, uh, I need. I, I got the shot. Love date shooting. I got Love nothing. It. All right. So this is ten things I hate about you. Still haven't seen. Yeah, you got to see it. Um, I'm going to ruin this scene a little bit for you just because like if you want to talk about the ultimate like 1999 date for kids my age. So our our favorite, one of our favorites, Heath and Julia Stiles go on a date and they play paintball and shoot each other. They go in a paddle boat. They roll around in literal hay. Semisonic is playing. I mean, let's go. This, This is one date? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. Like they do this whole Paint, date scene. Paintball and paddle boarding 
on the paddle, same day. Paddle boat. You know, like when you, you do the little, oh, like, the two little feet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the stand-up one where... No, no. Paddle boat, like the... the yeah, yeah. The like a bike, a bike boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the Central Park. The thing you do in Central Park. Correct. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's like a roll around in the hay with like a really sweet kiss and Semisonic, which is basically like... Ni- like 1999, what do I want to do? Because, you know, in 1999, I'm 14. What's my ideal date? That, basically that. Sounds pretty good. Sounds it's a good, good one. It's a good one. It's it's an, it's an a it's a quintessential movie for kids my age. Uh, kids, look at me. Uh, but mostly it's just like, it, that's actually like a very fun moment in time where like, you know, PayPal was having its moment. And then there's like this cute like throwback to like paddle boating, which is like, like you said, it's the Central Park or the Venice Canal nonsense that always comes up. Uh, and then the rollout around the hay, even though these are people that are basically in like a very, very specific place in California that is not rural, like not that area at all. Um, and then Semisonic, which you know, feels right. Did they play paintball on the same team? Oh, they were shooting each other real bad. Mm. Were there welts? Did you see welts when they went to the paddle, paddle boat? No, they, they made the paintball. It's cutesy. It's like cutesy against each other. Because again, as there is in all teenage romance, there's friction here between these two, trying to find each other mm. out and figure out how, how they fit into each other's worlds. And so the shooting each other was pretty funny. <laughs> okay. I actually have a little bit of a pet peeve with movies that put paintball unrealistically in it. Because I loved paintball in the 90s. You're right. Like 90, 97 to 99 was like the Swing Dance Revival and paintball. Like, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Zoot Suit and Riot and lots and lots of like. Yeah. And anytime I would see a movie where there's like. I remember. I can't remember which movie it was offhand. But like the, the kids have these like. They're like paintball handguns. I'm like, where's the CO2 cartridge on that bad boy? Come on. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. also, it's a fair point because, like, if you've ever played paintball, which most people I think our age probably did because of that period of time, like, it smarts, man. Like, it smarts. I mean, some of us may have even owned paintball gear at one point in our lives. Oh, wow. I love it. Maybe. 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 You this. never know. You never love know. to hear it. <laughs> so, 1989. Okay. So. This is one of those. I think you'll have you'll struggle with this cast, but my gen won't, and uh, I'm going to make it super obvious for that because everybody else doesn't really help the movie at all. But Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby. Oh, well, I know both those people. I know you do. Uh, yeah. Nothing happening immediately. Nah, the five word shtick I'll be doing this week is uh, the title clue. You did that one a few months back, and I've just I I love, I love that one. When I don't have a centralizing theme like I did with the heroes and the and the, and the sports stuff, like so, here we go. Henderson's Henderson's best friend encounters Miss Field. Miss Field. Okay. Um, Henderson, like Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. Harry, Sally, Fields. Car- what Harry met Sally? Got it. <laughs> When Harry met Sally. And this is, you know, actually, as you'll hear through my list, sometimes I have a specific scene. Sometimes I actually will go through the whole movie. In this case, just, you know, having some fun today. In this case, I'm picking in particular the double date. Are you at all familiar with it? or like? Oh, I've seen this movie. Like, I've seen this movie multiple times. It's just not, like, committed to memory the way that, like, Anchorman is or something. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, just... If you can, uh, Anchorman, when Harry met, when Harry met Ron, um, <laughs> the scene in particular is the double date 
where Harry and Sally are trying to get their, they're each introducing each other to their best friends who are Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby. And the entire time you're seeing Harry and Sally interjecting like cool things about each other. Oh, right. You know, and then the actual reality is those two fall in love and hit it off. And I love it because it's so, it's, it's so like, it's a movie scene. It's like written. It's a, it's not a real life encounter. Although I'm sure things like that happen to people in real life, but it's one of those, like it's so hammed up the way it's written in such a perfect way. It's like, this is the kind of writing you want in movies. Like if you're going to get, if you're going to turn life into fiction, make it lots of fun. And, and the moment where, uh, where Carrie Fisher realizes she loves, she quotes from a magazine piece that Bruno Kirby's character wrote. That he wrote. That's just, the part I always yeah. remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote that. And then they go up and, and then they're, they're going for a walk and they're both checking in like, Hey, don't do anything too fast. They're just getting over a bad breakup. And Bruno Kirby's like, well, I want to go home. And Carrie goes, I'll join you. And they go off into a cab together. And it's yeah. lovely. And it was the first thing that came to mind when when, when this whole category came up was because it, in a way, it's a broken date, right? It's a right. date gone wrong for our protagonists. Right. But it sells this. It's such a delightful part of the story. So that's my first favorite date of a movie. That's a great one. Yeah, it's funny. I had like that entered my world in thought, but I was like, it didn't, for some reason that date didn't, I didn't remember that until you said it. And then immediately I was like, Oh yeah. I like can see them walking down the street and they're like, you know, whatever. And he's like kind of insufferable and you can see their faces hating it, but it's like, turns out they actually are enjoying it. Yeah. It's really good. That's a really good pick. I love that pick. Thanks man. All right. Next now for something completely different. Uh, let's go. Actually, you know what? I want to ask you this, which I should have done off the air, but whatever. Uh, we had a recommendation from a listener who said that we should start with five words and then work our way back to the better clues. Should we try that? I'm down. All right, let's do it. This isn't going to help you at all, but that's okay. I don't know if I don't think you've seen this movie. So a date worth repeating. Repeating. Oh, I know what this movie is. It's it's fairly recent. It's a it's a Groundhog Day ish movie. It's it's on my queue actually. Um, oh, jeez, I know the mo- I know of which you speak, but I do not know the name. All right, so now I'll give you I'll give you the cast. Let's see if that helps. Peter Gallagher and J.K. Simmons. No, because I, I haven't actually seen it. I, I know. Uh, is it? And I think it's it sort of a longish title. Is it like four or more? Word? No, it's no, short. It's, yeah. No. So June tenth, twenty twenty. This movie is Palm Springs. Okay. Yeah. Haven't seen it. Don't don't know anything. And uh, I always her name is Kristen Melody Melody. Um, she was just recently. She was like brilliant in Mythic Quest as Bean. She has like a really small peer, a really small like, oh. one episode thing in Mythic Quest. Wait, you're watching Mythic Quest now? Oh, yeah. Was that because of me? Oh, yeah. And you're loving it. I've watched Mythic It's done. Oh, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still on episode three. Oh, no, it's over. I watched the whole thing, all the whole series. Can we agree that the way they deal with Nazis is one of the best things ever it's done? It's so clever. It's just oh, so clever. It's unbelievable. Okay, anyway, uh, so yeah, Palm Spring, this was actually a recommendation from my buddy Frank. Uh, during the quarantine stuff where I was like, I don't really know what to watch. He knew we did the podcast. He's like, you should watch this movie. It's actually really good. I'm like, I don't know. I, Andy Sandberg's tough for me because there are, he's he's got a lot of Sandler in him. 
right? There's these moments of, oh boy, this kid's hilarious. And there are moments of, oh boy, I wish this would stop. And that's kind of, that's what he wants. Like he wants that. The difference between him and Sandler for me is like Sandler didn't feel like he was making fun of himself in some of those things. He thought he was still making funny movies. Whereas Sandberg is like fully invested in, I'm parodying myself right now. Please enjoy. This movie's not that. And I don't want to ruin it for you because you actually have to watch this. This is so well done. But the basic premise is he's in a time loop. Somebody else joins him in the time loop. They wind up being attracted to each other. They know they're in a time loop together. They have multitudes of dates. And you can just see where his comedic style and good writing and very funny acting could put that in a really good place. I mean, it is like laugh out loud. Like there's a couple parts in this movie that are genuinely laugh out loud. It also, of course, does all the things it's supposed to do. It has these heartfelt moments, blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, there's a couple which I now that I'm not going to say it. And also 2020 is recent enough that I don't want to spoil it. But there's a couple of like dates. I'll put it this way to you in the audience. Just think about what you would do if you knew that you were just going to wake up from whatever you did next with somebody that you were enjoying time with. Groundhog Day. Right, but like there's no <laughs> just kidding. Right, but there's there's no like there's no repercussions or ramifications to anything you feel like doing in this period of time. You could do anything you want and you're just going to wake up the next day. So if you're with somebody who you're attracted to and you're having fun with, especially like new date I mean, that's recipe for a pretty good time. And they they do a lot of those stuff. And it's very funny. All I'm thinking is you could go drive on the train tracks. But I'm not going to say anything. I originally had Groundhog Day in my list. And then I felt that it was, I mean, the, the, the scenes of him first, like, trying to date Andy McDowell are great. Yeah. And then I was just sort of like, a, I talk about Groundhog Day a lot, and it's one of my absolute favorites, and I love it, and it deserves place on all lists. But B, I kind of want to talk about some other dates a bit more, so this is my way of, because of you, I'm now sneaking in. Groundhog Day belongs to the list, but moving on. Moving right along. All right. Okay, so now I'm doing this reverse. All right. <laughs> Celestial body ascends monarch's area. Celestial body ascends Queens something Queens bridge Queens County Queens house castle. No, none of those. Not one thing. You've said nothing right so far. Oh, it's not even queen. No, I have no idea. Keep going. Uh, 2012. The rest isn't going to help you. Well, maybe 2012. Okay. Tilda Swinton and Ed Norton. Oh my gosh, Tilda Swinton. So love Tilda Swinton. Ed Norton, I feel like I love as an actor and I feel like he's probably an insufferable person to be around. Um, from, from reports I've read, that checks out. She, I don't know. I don't know what this is. It's one of your favorite directors of all time. There's an extra clue for you. Wes Anderson? Yes. So what were they in? What's a what celestial the- body? I'm not going to Moonrise Kingdom. Yes. Oh man. Moonrise Kingdom's a really good one that I didn't think of at all. Oh boy. That's frustrating. Oh boy. That's Those two kids. Yeah. It's so I, cute. I, 
So this one wouldn't have come to me. This is where my little list helps out a lot, JT, uh, is I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, my God, the whole thing is like this prepubescent, the sweetest dates of kids who think they're sort of like adults, but clearly aren't and sort of accidentally get an adultish kind of trouble, but not really. And it's got that like just this, this what why this is on the list is because this just I don't know how West does it so well. He just nails that like innocence, but not like risky innocence. I don't know what word I put in there. But he, he gets the right side of that line. You know what I mean? Like this movie could have easily gone really wrong. Mm. Right? If you if you treated anything about the kids even slightly differently, I think the whole thing doesn't work. But instead it's it's beautiful. And I mean, I remember watching it and finding so much joy just watching the way they interacted. Cause both kids are, are are weird in their own ways. I mean, all kids are weird in their own ways, but like they have their own peculiar peculiarities that suits so well to this story and seeing them in the tent and their parents' reactions, everything about it just really, really dug for me. And it's a newish movie to me. We've talked about that before. I, I only just saw it last year. Wait, was it 20? Yeah, I saw this in 21. Yeah. One, one of my, I believe one of my faves. And I, I found a way to sneak it into a list, buddy. Listen, I want to be very clear. You didn't sneak this into anything. This is a beautiful pick, and I am so mad at myself, but so happy for you. Sam and Susie in this movie are so perfect. And the thing that the, the reason I love this, this is one of my favorites that he's ever done because he manages to build in innocence and sincerity into an otherwise sort of like weird Wes Anderson movie. But like there is something very adult, but still like they're precocious. Like there's a precociousness to it, which is so interesting. And to your point, never crosses the line. Right. It never gets hard to watch. It never gets creepy. It, it never loses innocence, even though they're in adult trouble. This is such a good pick. I'm so mad at myself, but this is beautiful. And I'm glad you picked it. Thanks, man. Nice. Love that. Oh, Le Bomea. I'm so, so bummed. That's such a good pick. <laughs> Ah, oh, I don't like any of my picks anymore. That's better. Anyway, my turn. Fine. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's keep going with the weirdness. I think it's kind of fun. This is a fun, it's it's way harder this way, but it's fun. Way harder. Playing pretend in Swedish Wonderland. Playing pretend, and and these are all the. This is back to this is the date itself. This is the actual date. So this is, I'm guessing there's a date scene in an Ikea. Was that yeah. correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know if Sweden has any other wonderlands. I'm sure it does. It's a lovely place. The whole place is gorgeous. I assume like Sweden is actually a wonderland. This, this is the one that we have access to is Ikea. Right. Yeah, I, I picture that somewhere in Sweden are just giant ball pits for us to jump into. Probably. Yeah. So date movie, date scene in an Ikea. I'm trying to think. I, I'm wondering if this is another one I haven't seen. Let's hear the year. I think you've seen it. So it, the, the year is uh, it's July 17th, 2009. 2009. Okay. 2009. All right. And two of the cast, please. So cast is tough. If I give you either of the leads, it's going to be a dead giveaway. But I'll give you Clark Gregg and Jeffrey Arend. I know who they both are. I like I like them both. 2009. Baby Chloe Grace Moretz is in this too. 
So it's not kick-ass. No. Although if that movie had the date scene, it would be quite amazing. It would have to be. It'd have to be. And it's not uh, Iron Man. Nope. Which is where Clark Gregg is coming to my head. I think you got me with this one. So this is one of my favorites. This is this is not a new movie for me in this in our show. Five Hundred Days of Summer. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Mm. Oh, for some reason I thought you had. Yeah. So this is a really sweet movie, and there is a really sweet scene. So the reason I like this, so they they go into IKEA and it's Zoe Deschanel and JGL Joseph Gordon Levitt, who I love. And they go into Ikea and they basically just start playing pretend and they pretend in all these different rooms, like who they are in each of those rooms. And aside from being cinematically enjoyable and funny and cute, it feels to me like it really captures that playfulness of first dating someone in a really clever, smart way. Because to me, which I don't know if this is intentional, but just the way I decided to overanalyze it is it's kind of showing you all these ways that you can, all the people you can pretend to be for this person before they know who you truly are. Ah, nice. And it's always been like really pretty. And I have no idea. I assume that if I can see that, somebody probably thought of it because I'm not that smart. But the rest of the movie is, it makes sense in the rest of the movie if you think about like, oh, these, these are the lives you think that you think you could potentially live together and all the different people that you could potentially be for this person but none of them are actually you, right? This is pretend. Like all of this is pretend. You're pretending. And it's fun and it's sweet and it's whatever, but there's also like this really sort of deep-seated principle to it, which is like, this is pretend. You're pretending right now. And you're the most fun you're having is you pretending to be who you think you guys could be together as opposed to being yourselves and being satisfied, It's which is way deeper than I think the movie intended it to be. But it's really cool. Also, go pretend to live in Ikea. That's hilarious. <laughs> That, that sounds pretty good. I I, uh, I have this on my list. This has been on my list for a long time and just sort of never quite hits when I'm in the movie mood. I don't know. Just sort of what – it's one of those I'll probably just start watching on the rower. rower. Actually, maybe that will be my next rower movie. It's not – I would actually say this is a pretty good date night movie. Like it's not – it's super easy to watch. Um, oh, Ari saw it. I remember her going this. I remember she came back. She's like, oh, we should have gone to that one. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, and it's definitely, yeah, definitely on the list. And by the way, my favorite moment ever in Ikea was actually Ari and I, we went in one afternoon to buy random stuff we didn't need named Hillsburg and stuff. Right. And filled up an entire cart. You know, the Ikea carts are like extra big. Sure. Got to check out. And it was one of those checkout lines that was just slightly too long. Sure. We abandoned cart. Oh, wow. We're out. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad that someone else had to clean up after me. And I always, you know, I'm, I'm actually a cart returner person. Uh, but it was interesting and like a very cathartic experience. Like, and I've realized I do it online a lot now too. Like I'll see, you know, I get those Huckberry emails, which are the best. And I, uh, I put stuff in my cart and I'm like, nah, I'm not really going to buy anything today. But I feel <laughs> like the satisfaction. I can't explain it. I like it. I like it. It's good. That's good. So speaking of sampling, because this this one I'm going to pick next is uh, did I say JT by the way that I had trouble this week at actually picking the five in advance. Usually I'm, I'm pulling I'm pulling a U. Is uh, usually I've got them perfectly in order. Maybe I'll make one real time tweak. This time I've got like 18 to choose from that I actually prepped for, and I'm just going with how it's feeling. So. Yeah, I can't not do this one. I can't, it's it's tough, but I, I got to hit it. 
Uh, oh, yeah, five words. Arriving in the United States. Arriving in the United States. Coming to America. Correct. 1988. Sure. You've seen it. Of course I have. So there's a, not too long a scene, but but it hit my head. It's a, it's a montage uh-huh. of them setting Eddie Murphy up with dates in yep. a bar. Yeah. Right? And... All these just crazy characters, including uh, Arsenio and Drag, show up, and it's so it's so funny. I mean, my memory of it is it's so funny and it's so awkward and like I think in a way might define that like here are all the people you don't want to go on a date with montage. Right. Yeah. So this is sort of my remember I said earlier best and worst. This is my I don't really have a lot to say, but I just wanted to call that it's like the worst date ever montage. Yep. Where, where are we great. feeling on this? Where are the entry? Oh, this is in my Fast Five. Oh, is it? Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. I, for, so I, anything Eddie Murphy from them, that time period, even the stuff he did that was like on the line of not that good, I love. I've seen this movie so many times that I reference lines from that particular sequence. Like anytime I see something bad, like if I see a bad date happening in real time, that's the scene I think of. Like if I'm out to dinner and somebody's having a bad, like that's it. And like, yeah, it's great. It's a great, it's a great call. Thanks, man. Love it. So that's it. I'm I'm moving on. What you got next? All right. This one is going to be really hard starting from the bottom. So the good news is that like our our listener, Josh, you were right. Uh, It is harder. (laughs) It's interesting to do it this way, but it's definitely harder. So an unexpected past presented properly. An unexpected past. Is this like someone showing up with like uh, an, an unknown kid or something like that? No, no. Someone being confronted with their past in a way? Yeah, kind of, but like unbeknownst to them. Like two people getting back together and haven't seen each other in like 40 years? No, no. So let me give you that. Let me give you names All and, right, yeah, and yeah. date. So Adam Arkin... And Eva Mendez. I'll try to make it easier. Say your five words one more time, please. An unexpected past presented properly. Is there any chance this is out of sight with George Clooney no. and J-Lo? No, it's a good guess, though. Because there there was a moment where that was in my list. Just there, that scene, you know, it sure. the scene at the bar and the of snow course. is falling. Oh. And maybe needed, maybe we need to talk about that one. Okay, uh, presented properly. What year? Two thousand five, February eleventh, two thousand five. Uh, wait, 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 is this um, is Jane Lynch in this? Ooh, maybe. I don't know. An unexpected past presented. I'm, I'm, I have a hunch what you got here, but. Uh, you know what? Actually, this isn't going to make it into. This will be. I'm pushing this all the way down to a worst, at best pong now. So, is there any chance this is a 40 year old virgin? Oh no, it's not. It's not. Ah, I had that in here also. By the way, is the other date montage movie? That's good. I forgot all about that. That's not on my list anywhere, and it should have been. That's a good. That's a good call. All right, uh, you stumped me. What you got? This is Hitch. Okay. Yeah, you you this is this is millennial love, right? This is like your rom this is one of those like millennial rom com huge for me yeah, I saw it yeah. once I thought it was, 
I thought it was fine. Like it's good. Uh, Kevin James and, and Will Smith are great. Yeah. But it wasn't like, yeah. So this scene, so this yeah. scene is when Hitch, who's the date doctor is supposed to be the best at all of this stuff takes Eva Mendez. And so they take jet skis out to the Statue of Liberty, but one of the jet skis stalls and he winds up kicking her in the face. And then they go to the Statue of Liberty and he had this whole elaborate ruse. And then she like winds up finding out who her family is. And he's like the butcher from, from Calcutta or something. So it's like this horrible memory for her when he thought he was doing something sweet. And then he winds up having a fruit or something at dinner. And he has one of my favorite Will Smith scenes of all time. He has an allergic reaction and has to go get Benadryl. And his face is like three times puffier. But the reason I picked it is because anyone, maybe not everybody, I personally, and I feel like a lot of people have definitely had one of those date moments where you went all out to make it really good. And it went to absolute disaster instantly. And it's just everything that you did and the way that you played this out, expectation being the enemy of joy. You thought about all these things. I'll take her to her favorite place and we'll go to this place, which I love. And we'll see these people. And every step was just like, this didn't work. That also didn't work. Oh my God, this didn't work. Oh my God, this still didn't work. And yet what happens in the film and very often in life is like, that's a core memory now. Like that's one of those things that you look back on and go, Oh, remember that time when that whole night fell apart? (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think of one of those for myself right now. Um, I'll tell you one of the worst dates I have in memory. Really, really fast story is this was like early internet dating. Like, like I was, we were like, we, you know, my folks, we figured it all out. Right. But what we didn't know were some of the obvious rules, like, your first date from an internet meet is not at a restaurant, especially not one that might be like a 20 minute drive from where you live. And I met this girl, we, you know, everything seemed great on, on the, on the internet and on our first couple of calls. Cause that's what you did. Sure. And then we go for dinner and we, we clearly have very little to talk about in person for some reason. We, so I'm like, well, I can always talk movies. And that's why I bring <laughs> this one up. So we started talking movies. We start talking about movies we like, and she's like, well, what's something, you know, I, we go back and forth. And I throw out the usual suspects, which is an all-time fave for me. And most people like it, right? It's a, it's an easy, and it's an easy movie to talk about because it's fun to talk about. Sure. She's like, and she says the following. I am not quoting verbatim, but she says something to the effect of, "Yeah, I started watching it. I got kind of bored, so I started fast forwarding through it to see if it got better. And then uh. I sort of just skipped ahead to like the last few minutes, and I just really didn't like it very much." Check, please. Check, please. Yep. <laughs> took 40 more minutes but that was what happened (laughs) (laughs) so they make a movie about my life that scene will be in it i mean it's a good scene so yeah anyway it's um it's this is like a this is like a very silly fun movie it's it's great it's very well acted it's very cute just like kevin james before he started like doing basically exclusively weird paul blart stuff and he was still like really (laughs) affable and fun uh and it's great it's actually it's a really fun movie Nice. I'm going to go to one that I I just checked. I haven't brought up before. I can't believe I haven't brought up before. It is one of my favorites in a lot. And I, I probably haven't seen it in 20 years. But Ooh. it's so weird to say that about movies these days that you realize that the movie you saw like 100 times you also haven't seen now in 20 years. So the movie, oh, right, five words. Hollywood Town Tells a Tale. All right, so L.A., Right? Yep. L.A. tells a tale. L.A. St- an L.A. story? The L.A. story? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. 
Cool. Have you seen it? Are you heard of it? Um, don't know. Feel like I did, but like couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Saw it like a hundred times. Quote from it liberally. One of my okay. faves. Again, just I realized I haven't talked about it. So this is uh, this is from ninety one, and there's a scene in the middle of the movie where Steve Martin, uh, who you know you never know how old Steve Martin is because from eighteen on he has looked the exact same. Him right? and Paul Rudd, man, I don't get it. They just they're both drinking from that same that same Hollywood water or whatever. <laughs> right, it's like Paul Rudd's always looked twenty, and Steve Rudd, Steve Martin's always looked sixty. You know, yep. it's just like sorry. Yeah, but like so, a really good 60-year-old. Like he's yeah, always looked yeah, like yeah. a good 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good dude. Uh, so this is him and Sarah Jessica Parker. Ooh, this is 91, so this is baby, baby Jessica Parker. Baby, baby right? Sarah. She's like, she's probably, I don't know, I haven't checked. She's probably like 21, 23, 25. And he's definitely not. He's definitely <laughs> at least. He's, I think in the story, he's in his 50s or late 40s because there's sort of a midlife-ishness about the story. Okay. And they go on this date that is like the most obnoxious version ever of two generations trying to go on a date together. Sure. And she, she, they go to the shop, store shopping and like trying on funky, crazy clothes that look great on her and completely awkward on him. And they go for a high colonic, which I'll let you Google. And... <laughs> <laughs> and again, at all times, Steve Martin is like trying to hang and be the cool kid and is clearly awkward and uncomfortable. Sure. It's so much fun to watch. It's, it's one, again, one of my favorites, but this in particular, because it, it handles it so nicely. I'm sure some of this does not hold up, by the way. I'm sure if I watched it again, you'd see some things be like, ooh, that's a little cringy. Sure. But at the time, it was one of my favorites. And there was something about this. Like really sweet day they spend together that's just so awkward but also so fun and goofy and it's both of them at their best. It's actually I think this I think younger Sarah Jessica Parker I really liked her as an actress because yeah she she had a lot of fun roles. Um, I think I mean I still think she's a very talented actress but I liked her a lot more in the nineties and I love Steve Martin. Yeah, this is so I, I, this is a movie I should probably rewatch even though it probably. I imagine it does not hold up. There's something, the physicality of Steve Martin, but not like in a Jim Carrey way. Like when you say Steve Martin, like I want to like move my body weird just because he's like just such a unique thing. And I love Sarah Jessica Parker. Like she, she just became Carrie Bradshaw and it turned into a different thing. But like, if you remove her, even in movies that like, I know like the family stone, which you don't particularly like. And actually I think you dislike actively, but she's so good. She's so good though. I'm just going to talk over you. We aren't supposed to do that, but it's just so terrible. All right. I won't, I won't edit any of that audio so that people know just how unhappy you are. Uh, But yeah, no, she's a really good actress and I I would really like to see that. So I'll put that on the list. That'd be fun. Nice. All right. My last of the top five. Uh, We have done this before. I've done this before. It's a movie. I absolutely adore. The five words are not going to help you at all. But recreating all the classics. Is it from Can't Hardly Wait? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> uh, I'll give you actors uh, Marissa Tomei and Kevin Bacon. Marissa Tomei and Kevin Bacon were in a movie together? From July 19th in 2011. Ooh. I, I, I'm sure I have not seen this movie. Crazy Stupid Love? Have not seen that movie. I know you've talked. This is this is that one that you were like, you have to see this. It's a great date night movie. Yeah, that's the one. So that's going into my list right now. 
This is one of my favorite rom-coms of all time. And I have talked about it before, and so I was very tempted to not do it again. But there is a scene when you th- when you think of like the best date. There is a scene between Emma Stone, who we love on this podcast, right? Love. And Ryan Gosling, who the world loves all the time, period. This is before they did La La Land. Their chemistry is unbelievable. And the reason I said recreating all the classics is, and this isn't ruining anything for you, there's a really sweet moment in their date where they recreate the dirty dancing scene. And it's this like really fun, hilarious, like, you're going to drop me. I mean, you can literally write this. You know how you know how it plays out. And it's Ryan Gosling, right. so of course he nails it. But like, th- it's just really sweet. And it's one of those things where at a time, hence the title, right? At a time where I think a lot of people were leaning really heavily into physicality and all this stuff, this is a date where you actually get to see two people genuinely connect in a really good... It's really kind of fun to watch two adults be goofy with each other. I think that's maybe sure. why I like 500 Days of Summer too. Like that, that scene, it's the same idea, right? Like that playfulness and banter when you're first kind of figuring people out, but it's really deep and they talk really philosophically and it never never takes that left-hand turn towards Dorian Gray. Like there is no <laughs> huge sex scene with these two amazing, you know what I mean? Like these two beautiful humans who also clearly have chemistry. They don't have to do that. They, they make a really impactful, meaningful scene without going there and it's fun and it's really sweet and the movie is so rewatchable. It is so aggressively rewatchable. I can't wait for you to see this. Well, I will. I literally just put it in my little uh, to be watch list. Good. And uh, I have. I hope it's as good as you claim. Yeah, well, I'm, I've. There's I'm, some. I'm I, just kidding. <laughs> no, I steered you towards stuff before. Uh, afterwards, I'm like, oh boy, this one you're gonna. It's it's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's a great flick. All right. All right. I just decided a second ago that I'm going back to uh, this to a movie I have mentioned before, but I love it. And there's a particular sequence that I think fits really nicely and it's probably not the best, but I feel like it. So my clue is Matthews, Brubeck, Grohl, Chappelle, Batista. So they're all Dave's. They are Dave's Dave. Oh, Dave, this is Kevin Klein. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, great. This is great. There's a particular moment in the movie where they, and I, I and unfortunately I don't remember the exact sequence, but basically him and Sigourney Weaver, who is not like the not wife, go <laughs> sneak out, right? Like they sneak out of the White House and then go on a date, which is particularly funny as I just watched the comedians in cars getting coffee with Obama, right. where they try to get, if you did you see that one? Oh, of course I did. Yeah, so they think security guy. Obviously, it's a setup, but it, it, it still is like, yeah, that probably didn't happen. Anyhow, they go off on this date, and they're just being like normals, and he's taking their places he like, and they're having a lovely conversation, and then they get pulled over for, I think, turning red on a tur- – going through a red light or a stop sign or whatever they do, and the cop recognizes Dave as the president, and they claim to be impersonators, and they start singing from Annie, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. Sure. And it's such a, I mean, the whole scene, the whole uh, uh, date night that they go on is great. But that moment in particular is just so sweet and touching and watching like the, their like nonverbal cues with each other. And it's, again, one of my movies. We've, I've talked about this before. It's a nice movie. 
and a great scene in it. It's great. So Dave makes my top five. I love it. And that means we are on to Contender Pong. So these are the movies that deserve a little bit of airplay, uh, but didn't quite sneak into our top five. Uh, and we'll kind of rattle off. I think we'll we'll do what we always do for this one, which is we'll give you a year and the five words. And if you can get it, cool. And if you can't, that's fine too. My first Works. one is April 2010, role play to the maximum. April 2010. Yeah. I can't believe this movie's 12 years old. Yeah. I, I, I get where your clue's going, but I don't know the movie. So this is date night. This is Tina Fey. And Steve oh, Crowley. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically the whole movie. There's not one scene. The whole thing is a date. Obviously, it's a little bit it's a little bit on the nose, but those two are just very funny. It was goofy. There's some funny scenes in it. You know, it, it's a good like once or twice watch as a date thing and then never watch it again. I, yeah, I've seen it. I, it's actually, when I was doing this, it, I wrote it down as a, you know, if you need to go there, go there kind of thing. Sure. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> I will go instead, though, to 1988. Okay. Horned cow in north carolina horned cow in north carolina and well i'm trying to think something in charlotte something in something in what's a, what's a horned cow a, a bull durham bull durham duh jt good and that was a really good that was a really good hint that i just absolutely whiffed on well done that's all right but the particular bits is actually not Kevin uh, Kevin Costner. It's the bits with Tim Robbins and Sarandon yeah, yeah. that yeah. are so, so good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's do August 2010, Aggressive Dates with Hit Points. Tag? No. Uh, good guess, though, but no. Not tag, not game night. That's too new. Aggr- what was it? Aggressive what? Aggressive Dates with Hit Points. Oh my, uh, I feel like, again, I feel like I should know this, but I can't think of what you're going with. Yeah, this one I feel like you should have gotten. This is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. You know, it, it, again, actually not one of my movies. I actually didn't like it. Um, I, I respect what they were doing with it, but I felt it fell short in so many ways. But, but uh, we won't go there on this particular episode. Interesting. Okay. I'm, we're going to catalog that for a later date because I actually thought that they did exactly what they were trying to do, which is ride. I thought they rode the lightning pretty well between like what they, what, what people who wanted Scott Pilgrim to get made wanted to see and what people who didn't know anything about Scott Pilgrim needed to see to still enjoy the movie. Fascinating. We'll talk about this. Yeah. And maybe I should try it again and see if I, it was just the wrong day or whatever. Could have been, could have been that. I, I didn't know this, the, the, the graphic novel before. So for me, oh, okay. it was just, this is a movie that people based on the story, people like very much. Got it. Okay. So I will go puts on the red light. Puts on the red light. All I can think of is Roxanne. From 1987. Roxanne. Never Have seen you it. seen this one? No, it's, no. it's Steve Martin and Daryl Hannah. And it's a it's Cyrano de Bergerac. Oh. But there's a great sequence with Rick Rossovich when, when he was having his time. And Steve Martin's feeding him lines and he's reading, he's saying, you know, and he goes this whole like, uh, the, 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 the quotable thing is I'm afraid of worms, Roxanne, worms. Okay. And had to make its way into the podcast one day. There it is. And there it is. All right. Uh, so January 2003, family card game to remember. What year? 
2003. Family card game. Mm, yeah, this is nope. thing. Yeah. So this is how to lose a guy in 10 days. And this is, first of all, any time that Hudson and McConaughey do a thing, they did like Fool's Gold, this, and like another sure. one too. Failure to launch. They're great. I love these two together. It's hilarious. And this is like, she's writing an article trying to get rid of him and goes home to his house in Staten Island. First of all, one of the most accurate representations of Staten Island in film. Second of all, just hilarious. Like, you can't not be yourself in that environment. And it was actually really cute and really funny. And it's, listen, it's an early 2000s rom-com. Like, there's nothing clever specifically about the movie, but their chemistry, I think, is hard to argue. Awesome. Ancient Empire takes a trip. Oh, so this is uh, Roman Holiday. Well done. Yeah, I have this in in Fast Five because of Vespa. (laughs) I have it in the representing classic rom-coms in a way. I think it is the perfect, like, date like date level i mean obviously there's amazing other movies but to it just nails this and there's something special about this movie for me especially the way the 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 story around the movie and and peck's respect for hepburn and sort of making her happen and you know i just felt hey i also really like the movie i just saw it again like two years ago Roman yes Holiday. similar we just watched it again recently it's 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 a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful movie it's really good uh, and actually when i was saying earlier when i mentioned the word trope like that was actually the movie I was thinking of in my head, which is like, there's so mm. many, they set the stage for so many things later where it's like, you can watch movies basically from 1954 on and go, that's Roman holiday. That's from Roman holiday. That's from Roman holiday, which is great. Like it deserves it because it did it so beautifully. Uh, the next one, I doubt you saw this. This is April 2000 new take on poker classic. New take rounders. No. So this is love and basketball. There is a, there's a scene in this movie where they basically play strip one on one. That was like a oh. it was a thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I accept. All right, this one uh, because I felt like I might have whiffed on this movie the last time. I I I it it came up. Uh, OJ extras in False Tale. Pulp Fiction. Yes, that's a very. Very good clue. That's an incredibly good clue. Thank you. And it's particular the Mia and Vince, uh, which isn't really a date technically, but it's a date. It's got all the flirtiness and everything that dates have. And it's a date. It's a date. It's a great scene. And again, I, I, I felt I sort of whiffed the Pulp Fiction entry a few weeks ago. So, you know, this is like uh, Denzel getting the getting the Oscar for a training day instead of Hurricane. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. My last one for Contender Pong was uh, March 2010. Date is as cold as ice. Frozen? No. This is She's Out of My League. I actually love this movie. It's really cute. I've seen this. It's funny. I it's, It was in my MDB when I was looking yesterday, and I gave it like a seven, which is which to me seven and up is good. Seven and up is re- recommendable to people, but I also didn't remember a single thing about it. So the, the scene in particular is they go to the hockey game and it's Jay Baruchel, whose name I can never Baruchel. say. Thank you. Baruchel. I always want to put ends in it for some reason. And TJ Miller. And then the, the two uh, women who I can't remember their names right now, but like basically they're both gorgeous. And these two guys are like, you know, fives. 
right. then when they get to the game, not only does she know a lot about hockey, but the hockey players are like waving at her and they know her. And then that's weird. But she like, remember. is yelling at the refs. I'm like, dude, that's a great date. Like if you go with this like absolute beautiful, intelligent woman and then she starts yelling hockey stuff. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. That's a good date. You got to find a way to make some kind of mashup of hard right J into that. <laughs> uh, Peter Patter, let's get at her. I'll do it. Let's see. All right. Last one of my pong. I'm going to go with a movie that I love and we love and we've talked about before. And I couldn't even make this into five words. It only took three. Destroying while remote. Destroying while remote. Something far away. You got the last word. Away. Destroying. Breaking away. Hey, there he Breaking is. Breaking away. Dennis Christopher pretending to be an Italian and and doing the serenade and all of that. It's just so lovely and sweet. Yeah, and sweet. you know, it, it's it's like the say anything thing, but 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 only sweet. Like, and again, nice movie, etc. Actually very deep for a nice movie. And I love it. And there you go. There you go. All right, which brings us to our Fast Five. So our Fast Five is basically just any movies we didn't talk about that you think needs a little bit of air. Uh, we're not going to go into them. The only, So I have a couple that we didn't talk about. Uh, Wally, that whole date scene when she's mm. in sleep mode, just that made me laugh. Again, these are like, this isn't real life. Great now, but he fun. takes Very her fun. to all those places when she's asleep. <laughs> it's just like, Very it's actually fun. super creepy, but funny. Uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist I've talked about before. Uh, basically anything Woody Allen. So Annie Hall. And then um, why can't I think of the one with Owen Wilson in the bridge, midnight in Paris scandal note and Woody Allen's terrible, but whatever. Uh, Once basically that whole movie, silver linings playbook. There's a couple scenes in that specifically the raisin brand scene. And then the last one I thought that I was proud of myself for was her. Did you see her? I did. I have this down in uh, not, not even in pond territory for me, but I have it down. Yeah, so like that walking scene is specifically the scene with him and her, the phone, the personal assistant on the beach is like a weird date. But that's a date. Like it's, it's sure. weird. Yeah, that's it. By the way, there's one movie that wasn't on my list because I don't like it that much, but I'm, I really thought you'd have today. And that was Fever Pitch. So I just hate the Red Sox so much. <laughs> so much. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I went a little goofy in my Fast Five. I already mentioned, but 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, I'm going to say that The Karate Kid with Elizabeth Shue and Ralph Macchio. Some sure. Very cute. The, you know, they go mini golf and all that stuff. Uh, I, I, I thought Big, the scene oh, the yeah. with uh, Josh and Elizabeth uh, Perkins is just such, again, that innocence and all sweet. that. Going, Super sweet. Yeah. Uh, I have Happy Gilmore, the playing endless love in the hockey arena. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's pretty good. And then um, I had, uh, and I this is this is like I put it in pong because I know it belongs, but I don't actually remember enough of it to really count. But I had something about Mary as uh, worth mentioning. Just the whole like the pregame and all that kind of stuff was just yeah. You know, I, I that was one where I had it and then I was like, but I remember the wrong parts of the date. I remember the parts where she wasn't around yet. <laughs> like I don't you know what I mean? So Right. But I counted yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, that counts. All right. So that means we have completed the best. This was actually pretty hard. Like this dates in movies. It, it's also funny, it's like, you know, as as I always do when we talk about like I try to go back and say, okay, did I really screw anything up? Did I miss anything? If you type in dates in movies, you don't get what you think you're gonna get. 
like you just get dates from movies, like movies and the dates uh, they were released. <laughs> so I basically was like, ah, I'm on my own on this one. I guess I'll figure it out. With that said, Jeremy, you get to pick next week. So we're going to try to get back to actually doing this on the cast because it's easier for us and for our listeners to prepare. Jared, what do you got? Um, I have a fun topic. By the way, I, I, want, I just did a quick count. I have 25 more movies that I put in my consideration list. And, and I realized the one that, that I that absolutely needed the mention and we both forgot about it, uh, but I think it's worth mentioning, is The Graduate. I think yeah. the two of them, like, uh, yeah. especially with how wrong it goes and then how right it goes. Yeah, sure. No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. And then, you know, the thing about The Graduate, The Graduate's a great movie, a phenomenal cast. Yeah. And I'm making up my segue as I go. But next week, what I want to talk about is those same movies with great casts, but aren't so great movies. We're going to go with pick your five worst movies with the best cast, the wasted potential episode, maybe would we call it that? I love it. So basically this is just like a home run cast strikeout movie. Correct. Correct. But not, but, but not like just like the movie came out meh. It can't just be like, Oh, I wish that was a little better. I, I let's, let's go with like, are there, can we find like some just, train wrecks of movies with phenomenal casts yeah yeah so it can't be yeah and it also i'm gonna throw one more caveat in there because there's one that jumped to mind immediately like it, it can't also be a movie where it's a huge cast and they knew the movie they were making right it's got to be like love guru except all of the cast are just all of these amazing actors not just uh what's his name right so let's work this mike Myers. let's work this out really quick and because okay. i have one i want one that i want so like mars attacks which I actually love as a movie, but it was like supposed to be that. That's what they wanted it to be. The cast, by the terrible. way, is that's, okay. Then we're on the same page. I just wanted to make sure we're good. Yeah, not terrible enough. Has okay. To, has to be something you might rate a one or a two out of ten. Like, oh like if you can, uh, you know, if if you really stretch to get there, we'll, we'll we'll work it out as we always do on the Lo-Fi Top Five. On the Lo-Fi Top 5. We are so excited to be part of Ship It Studios, guys. We've got more news to come. Uh, we definitely will be redirecting you at some point. So just keep in mind, we're going to have you. You're going to have to. We'll give you a couple weeks. We'll run both uh, We'll run both feeds at the same time. But you are going to have to follow us on a different feed. All of our content stays up. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Let's go.